turn to Matthew chapter number 6 this evening. Matthew chapter number 6. I want to preach this evening on God's counsel for worry. God's counsel for worry. We find here in Matthew chapter number 6, it's really the middle of Jesus preaching the famous Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus, although if we were to, to read it, it would take us 10 to 15 minutes to read. But for Jesus, preaching it that day would have been two to three hours or so is a rough estimate of how long it would have been that he would have been going through each of the topics that he dealt with in that Sermon on the Mount. Now, I know what you're wondering. Are you going to take two to three hours to preach tonight? The answer is no, okay? So don't, uh, don't have a heart attack or anything. I won't go that long, I promise, all right? But as we enter into the, really, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus really deals with some very important topics. He taught on many things here in the sermon. He teaches on the Beatitudes, which is the attitudes that we should have as Christians. He deals with the aspect that we were to be salt and light uh, in this earth. He de deals with murder and anger, temptation, divorce, forgiveness, loving our enemies. He deals with giving, prayer, and fasting. And right smack dab in the center of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is dealing with something very important that helps each and every one of us, and it's this topic of worry. You see, we often, if we're not careful, allow worry to consume us and to control us. It's been said that worry is the universal disease of our day. You see, you don't have to go far, have to live life long enough to know that there are things in life that we all tend to worry about. And so as we look at this passage in Matthew chapter number 6, I want us to see what does God have to say about worry. Look at what verse number 25 says in Matthew, Matthew chapter number 6. It says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. He asks this important question, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? We see that he's going to begin to deal with this thing of worry and how oftentimes it plagues our life. None of us in this room are uh, immune or exempt from this thing of worry. It's easy for this thing of worry to creep up in each and every one of our hearts and in our lives. There are many circumstances that transpire in our hearts and in our lives that can cause us to worry. And you see, worry is really not necessarily focused on the here and now, but it's always focused on what could happen in the future, isn't it? And so we find that before Jesus deals with worry, he deals with, an, uh, with really a topic before that. Notice what verse 19 says. He says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Verse number 24, he says, No man can serve two masters. So verse number 19 through 24, really the topic that Jesus is dealing with is the materialistic focus that we can many times have in our, in our life. You see, there's a reason why Jesus places worry right after this thing of dealing with where we lay up for ourselves treasures, whether it be in earth or, or heaven, because if our lives are lived for the here and now and what we can get for now in this earthly pleasures and the earthly things, the boat, the car, 
uh, the, the nice 401k, the good retirement plan, if we're simply living for the here and now, understand that there's a danger of this love for the things and the pleasure that this world has to offer. That's why in verse number 25, he says, therefore. You see, we are warned not to be materialistic, but we are to be heavenly focused. And the reason why he says, take no thought for your life, right after he deals with the importance of laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven, is because often a materialistic focus leads to anxiety, whether one is rich or whether one's poor. See, if we're focused on what we can attain here on this earth, and we're focused on where our treasure is here in the here and now, then when that's our focus, worry soon follows. So whether it's materialism or other aspects of life, there's this thing of worry that can creep up into each and every one of our hearts. I want us to, to notice some, some aspects about worry. It's been said that Jesus is counseling here in Matthew 6 of the danger of a self-centered and self-focused life and the fact that it has its root in a lack of trust in God. It's been said that worry is irreverent because we fail to recognize God who is the giver and sustainer of life. Worry is irrelevant because it does not change things. It doesn't change the, the outcome of tomorrow if we're worried about tomorrow. So it's irrelevant. Worry is irresponsible because what it does is it constantly burns out our mind and thinking, okay, what if this scenario happens or that scenario happens? And so really it's irresponsible because it's not actually applying a true solution to the problem. And so I want us to notice tonight three recognitions that we need to live a worry-free life. Notice number one tonight is notice the focus of worry. The focus of worry. Would you say that with me, everybody together? The focus of worry. Verse number 25, therefore I say, take no thought for your life. See, Jesus now captures our attention in verse 25 because he now begins to focus on the primary cares of our life. What we eat, what we drink, and what we wear. And so he deals with these aspects of the important, the necessities of life, and really anything beyond that is really an added commodity. As long as we're taking care in these three areas, that's really what most of us really worry about or really uh, are concerned with and really desire is to make sure that we have something to eat, we have something to drink, and we have something to wear. And so he deals with the, importance, the important things of life, and then, verse number 25, he now moves beyond the basic primary needs of our life, and he asks this very important question of the things that you and I can worry about. He says, is not the life, your life, more than meat and the body than raiment? You see, now he's really asking the, the question, are you not much more precious and valuable? Your life is, is more valuable than the things that you can attain and really, if the creator of this universe cares for each and every one of us, we don't really necessarily have to worry because God in heaven cares for every single one of us and your life is valuable to him. And before we struggle with this thing of self-worth, understand that you have worth in almighty God because he's created you. And as creator, he's not just going to let you fall by the wayside and say, oops, I forgot about this person. Oh, I forgot about art. He just, I just missed him, all right? Oh, I forgot about Charles. No, God doesn't do that. He, he doesn't forget us. 
because he's almighty God and he cares and is concerned with every single aspect of our life. And that's comforting to know that nothing in this world takes God by surprise. Nothing that happens in your life takes God by surprise. And he says, oh man, I didn't see that coming. Understand that your life is valuable to God and he knows and is very concerned with your life. But oftentimes the focus of worry is this, can be boiled down to two words in the form of a question. Here they are. What if? Isn't it? What if? What if I can't pay the bills this month? What if I can't make that car payment? What if I get in a car accident? What if I get news of so-and-so dying? Or what if I even put it in more uh, of today's? What if I get COVID? What if I get some kind of illness? What if uh, I can't make it or I don't make it through the surgery? Or if I get diagnosed with a terminal illness? And there's many what-ifs in life. But really the focus of worry, whatever it may be, is based in the what-if scenarios of life. What if I don't raise my children right? What if my grandchildren aren't raised the, the way that they should be, according to the Bible? What if I lose my job? You see, worry ultimately is a sin because it's self-centered, it's circumstantial, and it's unrealistic. And so the what-ifs of life, let me ask you tonight, what is the what-ifs in your life and in your heart? What are those things that are about to, to happen or in the future that you can't help but ask and wonder, what if in the future of tomorrow. See, the good news is, we'll see it here in a later, the God that is in today is the God of tomorrow as well. And that's why our life is valuable to him. Nothing will take God by surprise. But oftentimes in our sinful nature, guess what happens? We allow the what if scenarios to consume our hearts and our minds. I've been there. I've had them control my heart and my mind. And it's easy in, in our, our sinfulness to allow the what-ifs to consume us. See, there are many things, there are things that I really worry about. A couple of them right off the bat is number one, is going to my refrigerator and there not being sweet tea in the refrigerator. I love sweet tea. Krista can make me a gallon of it in one day and I'll have it drank by about the middle of the day. And so... She says, if you want any more, make it yourself, all right? And so uh, I love sweet tea. I, I, I love it. I'll drink it uh, left and right. I'll drink it all day long. There's another thing I worry about, Pastor, is this. As a young guy, of going bald too early, all right? I, I, I love my hair. I don't want to go bald. And so that's, a, that's an avenue of worry for me. But another area of, of worry that, that I have, and it really came to light one night when it stormed outside. At our house there here in, in Illinois, right behind our house, at the, the back part of our house is where our bedroom is. Beyond, behind that is a large uh, maple tree. Big giant tree, covers the entire yard, uh, gives us nice shade. So one night we were laying there in bed and fast asleep, and then all of a sudden you could hear the storm begin to roll in. And what happened is I woke up and I thought, as I had thought several times of what happens and what if lightning hits that tree? Is it coming tumbling down into, into our bedroom? So like I have all these mental pictures going on of all the different scenarios of when that lightning strikes, boom, and the tree begins to fall, what do I do? And would you, wouldn't you know it that immediately as I was thinking about that what if scenario of if lightning struck that tree, 
immediately right after that, a big boom and a crash. And what happened next was out of my control. I heard that, and because I had thought about it for about, about five to ten minutes, all of a sudden, Krista, in a dead sleep, I jump on top of her, and I yell, I got you, honey, don't worry. She almost had a heart attack. She just woke up and tried to figure out what in the world is going on. You see, what had happened is I had begun to think about it for a, for a while, and then what had happened is it eventually caused me to act, but really there was nothing ultimately to worry about. Now, Krista needed to worry and maybe needed to go to the hospital after, but she was okay. She made it. She's here tonight. But it scared her. But what had happened is I had allowed the what-ifs to consume my mind, and it really affected me in that specific scenario. Now, as funny as that story is, I wonder tonight, what are the what-ifs on your heart tonight? What are they? What is that focus of worry that you have? Notice not only the focus of worry, but notice number two is the forgetting in worry. So we see the what ifs of our life, but notice the forgetting, the things that we forget in the midst of our worry. Look at verse number 26. Jesus asked, is not the life more than me? Verse number 26, behold. So now he's about to give some illustrations. All right, Jesus, the masterful teacher that he was, used these illustrations to help us to get a glimpse of the things that we forget about in the midst of our worry. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Now we ask this important question, and really it strikes me to the very heart, because when I worry, when I have the what if consume me, this question really is, is a, a gut-wrencher, isn't it? He says, are ye not much better than they? See, the first illustration that Jesus gives that oftentimes we forget about in the midst of our worries is that the Creator cares for the very birds of the field. And now he says, if I can care with a tenderness and a care for the birds of the field, is not your life more valuable and more important? See, the Bible tells us that Jesus, that God, knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. He has the hairs on our head numbered. And the very God that knows those intricate details about his creation and the very creator, he looks at every single one of us and wants us to remember the aspect that you and I, our life is valuable to him and you are much better than the, the birds of the, of the field. You're important to him. So you know what that, that means? That, that means tonight we can take, take comfort in the fact that our Heavenly Father cares that much about what we're going through. The what-ifs that may be on your heart, guess what? It hasn't taken God by surprise, and God is right there every step of the way to help us to remember of the fact that your life and the outcomes that will take place, He hasn't forgotten, He hasn't just said, oops, I messed up, but He has a specific plan and a purpose. Your life is important to Him. Look at what verse number 27 which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? In other words, worry shortens our time to enjoy life. Because what is it doing? We're consumed so much with it that really it doesn't help us to enjoy the life that God has given, it, given to us at this moment. And so that's why he says, behold the fowls of the air, because you are much better than they. There was one day, about a, a year or two into our marriage, Chris and I, we 
because of that big tree in our backyard, there's a lot of leaves that, that happen to, to fall. And so one day, specifically, Krista and I, we begin to rake the leaves and we begin to make a big giant pile. And instead of throwing it into the neighbor's yard and, and having them yell at me, I decided to, to, to do right and put them at the end, end of the road. And so we began the big, long, tedious process of, of raking them. And then I got fed up with raking them. I just powered up the leaf blower and I began to blow them all the way to the front yard. And so we decided that it'd be fun as a romantic, uh, romantic thing to and childish thing, really, Pastor. And we piled all the leaves together and we put them in this big giant pile. And so we, Krista thought that, that, that we were taking care of them. And then all of a sudden, the next thing she knows is I just pushed her into the pile. And so we begin to throw the leaves at each other and really make a bigger mess than really what uh, was there before. But in the middle of that, of that flirting and that uh, enjoyable time together as a couple, I noticed something very odd. As I was standing, we live on an alleyway, and so here we were. Let's say that this pulpit is our house. The alleyway is in front of us, and there's a house that backs, several houses that back on the other side of the alleyway, and about diagonal to where we were standing, I saw a neighbor out on their little porch patio thing, and they had their phone, and it looked like it was pointed our direction. I thought, does the neighbor have not anything, does, don't they have anything more important to, uh, to do than to, to watch a newly wed couple uh, play in the leaves? Okay, I know it was a childish thing to do, but did they really have to, to record it? So we began to play, and I said, hey, Krista, I said, don't look right now. And she went, no, I'm just kidding. I said, don't look right now, but is our neighbor, are they recording us? She casually looked. She says, I, I think they might be. But then we saw it right in front of them, right there in front of them, probably from here to the, to the glass door in the back, there was a hawk that had swooped down and in his talons had caught a, a little bunny rabbit, all right? Little Peter Cottontail, all right? He wasn't fast enough that day. You see, there it was. She wasn't videoing us, praise the Lord, but she was videoing what had just taken place. And it was amazing that that hawk would hop a little bit and then he would look around. He was dragging his prey to a, a safe place where he could feast on it. You know what's amazing? And I thought, based on this verse, that hawk that, that day didn't have to worry about where his food was going to come because instinctively, guess what? He knew that his creator was going to take care of him. Now, the bunny probably should have worried, but the hawk didn't have to worry. But you know, birds, they don't have to go to the refrigerator and they don't have on their whiteboard for lunch, lunch, dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner. They don't have to plan out every meal. I'll have a worm this day. I'll have three worms that day. I'll have a bunny for, for dinner. No, they don't have to plan out their meals. They don't have to plan anything out because they know instinctively within themselves that their creator is going to provide for them. And that's when he asked, are you not much better than day. See, your creator is willing and ready and is providing for you. Don't forget that in the midst of our worry. Don't miss out on that important truth in the midst of the what-ifs of life. He deals with the lilies of the field of the aspect that, that God is the very one that clothes them and takes care of them. He deals with the grass of the field in verse, uh, verse number 30. He clothes the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven. It helps us to really assess our priorities in life. 
And so it's easy to forget in the midst of the worries these important truths that Jesus Christ himself tries to display for us. Philippians 4.19, it says this, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Psalm 23.1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. He's a personal God. I shall not want. Jeremiah 29.11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. And that's why we're reminded, as Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Why? Why do we have such confidence? Because just as God takes care of all these things of nature, he cares for your problem in your scenario, in your situation. So not only do we see the forgetting in worry, but notice tonight, last, is the freedom from worry. See, Jesus not only poses the problem and the issue, deals with this illustration, but now we're going to find that Jesus himself helps us to live a worry-free life. Notice what it says. Notice the freedom from worry. Look at verse number 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we be clothed? For all, after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all things. God knows your needs. Verse number 33. See, oftentimes we use this passage as, as a prayer life passage, but understand the context, the context of, in which Jesus uses this passage. And it makes it that much more powerful. What does he say? In the midst of our worry, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. You see, worry ultimately is this. It's a lack of trusting in God. And so now, Jesus tells us, in order to experience lasting freedom from this worry... There are going to be times that the what-if scenarios consume our hearts and our minds, and this is what he says when those what-ifs come into our hearts and into our minds. The first is freedom comes when we seek God first. You see, in the scenarios and the circumstances of your life, whether it's health-wise, whether it's financially, uh, whether it's uh, relationally, what, whatever it may be of the worries on your heart, before you seek counsel from pastor, before you go to seek counsel from other godly individuals, the very first place that you and I are called and told to go by the Lord Jesus Christ himself is this, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You see, freedom comes when we go to God first. And so what is the what-if scenario of your life? Can I challenge you tonight to begin to allow that worry to subside and to begin to find peace in your own heart is go to God and tell him your worries and your cares. I have a friend that he just had a, a, a very uh, detailed and very uh, invasive uh, back surgery. He, as a teenager, if I remember the story correctly, he had broken his, one of his lower vertebrae and it just didn't heal properly and he had no idea and so he had a lot of back pain uh, even up until his, uh, I think he's in his 40s or so. So finally he decided to get it dealt with and I asked him, I said, hey, you know, how are you doing? You know, it was amazing about a week before that surgery and really about a month before knowing that he needed the surgery, he said, man, 
He said, to be honest, he said, I, I'm worried. He said, I, I, I'm scared of, of the, all the different outcomes. So I began to help him. I began to, to challenge him from, from Scripture and tell him that I'm praying for him. But you know what's amazing is a few days before that, that surgery that he had, he said, you know what's amazing? He says, I'm not anxious about it at all. Why? Because he understood the very first place that he needed to go to help him in the midst of that worry is he needed to go to God first. You see, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. He's concerned for you. He is ready and willing to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And so freedom comes from seeking God first. Tonight, what is the what if? If you have a what if in your heart or you may have one here in the future, can I challenge you? Freedom comes first and foremost when you go to God and say, God, here it is, and lay it at his feet. And it's from there that God begins to allow a peace to flood over your soul and to help you in the what if scenarios of life. Notice the next, the next aspect to experience freedom. Jesus deals with it in verse number 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. What is Jesus saying here in verse number 34? See, uh, a lot of worry can be pinpointed to this. What is going to happen tomorrow? Isn't it? See, what's going to happen in the coming hours, the coming day, or next week, or next month, and the what-ifs can consume us, and the what-if scenarios are not necessarily right now, but often they're in the future. But understand what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, take no thought for the morrow. In other words, hey, don't be consumed with what could happen tomorrow. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, it's going to take place and it's going to happen. And so instead of worrying about tomorrow, live day by day. That's the next aspect to find freedom. Not only go to God first and lay that what if at his feet and allow him to flood your soul and your heart with peace and hope and, and, and joy, but also live day by day. See, what happens is we often think about tomorrow, but the question that I have for you, what if tomorrow never comes? See, what have you done? You've wasted today thinking about tomorrow and you've missed out on the opportunity to live your life as a Christian that's being effective in his plan and according to his will. And so what happens is when we are worried about tomorrow, we miss out on the blessings that God has for us today. So you know what that means? That means when you wake up tomorrow morning and there may be a what if that comes knocking at your door, just realize, hey, God, you've got this because you cared for me. And enjoy that day that God has given you. Instead of allowing the what-ifs to consume your life, enjoy the time with your kids and your grandkids. Enjoy the, those moments with your spouse. Because tomorrow may never come, and if you're so focused on worry in the here and now that you miss out on the life that God has given to you, then what have we done? We've allowed this thing of worry to consume us so much that we missed out on the very plan and purpose that God had for us that day. The what-if. Turn over real quick to Matthew chapter number 11. Matthew chapter number 11. And I close with this.
there's one place that Jesus ultimately peels back the door of his heart and we see a glimpse of truly his care for us. Notice what it says in verse number 28 of Matthew 11. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Do you know what that's like? Are you laboring and heavy laden tonight? I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Jesus wants you to know that he's a gentle shepherd. He's a lowly shepherd. He's a God that is concerned with the burdens and the cares of your life. And so before we allow the what-ifs to rob us of the here and now and the present life that God has given to us, may we give it to God, ask Him and plead with Him and say, God, would you help me in this area? And it may be a multiple prayer a day that you have to give it to God, lest you allow worry to consume you so much. Give it to God and then live the day out that God has given to you because the God of today is the God of tomorrow. And the God of today, is, as he's the God of tomorrow, he'll take care of those things, whatever they may be. But may we live in freedom from worry and not allow the what-ifs to consume our hearts. May we not forget who our creator is and the care that he has for us. He is meek and lowly in heart. Would you go to him? Every head bowed and eyes.